Storyteller Orin here. Last time on our little show, our luminaries made final preparations for their journey to Subsanko before making their way to the Passage of Respite to fetch a, a ride off world on the Ruby Conquer Jewel. They stepped by an old inn called the, uh, the Ugly Coyote, owned and operated by my old friend from the home country, Ada. Shout out to you, buddy. After staying the night, Jules LaRoche bid a tearful goodbye to his cherry delights, and Zebulon faced a, a disturbing ultimatum from his older brother. With their loved ones at their backs, our heroes made their way towards the ruby and the new adventure that awaits them. Whew! Well, look at this. I mean, you can't look at this, but oh my gosh, our setup <laughs> has improved a hundredfold. The table has doubled in size. It is doubled in size. I, I have like an actual a... laptop. We have actual buttons, real buttons. Real, we, we're a real podcast now. We're a real podcast. <laughs> we're a real podcast. <laughs> and a guest. Yeah, we have our guest. Uh, Stomp <laughs> is here with us. Stomp, how you doing? Hey, good. How's everybody doing? Oh, we are. We're. Uh, I'm excellent. I don't know about these guys. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're, we're fucking great. Excellent. <laughs> we're excellent. Great. We're great. Very, very stoked to have you. Oh, I'm glad to be it's here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank and you, you so guys have like already impressed the hell out of me with all this gear and setup. And to do this live is, hey. is killer. <laughs> very impressed. We uh we had a very uh a humble setup before you came, but uh <laughs> you know Stomp, Stomp was on his way. Uh, an adult was coming, and we had to just <laughs> clean up our act a little bit, <laughs> set up the table, get some actual buttons. We did forget the room divider, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. <laughs> well, now I want to get it. Now Jeremy's <laughs> now Jeremy's well, I just, I wanna, I wa- out. Now I just want to get it for the bit. <laughs> La- yeah. Oh boy! Wow. <laughs> Well, where do we start with this one? Stump. Yes. Uh, real quick here. We touched on it last time. Why don't you why don't you tell us a little about your podcast? Oh, sure. So um, I'm a co-host of the Sounds Like a Search and Rescue podcast. My co-host is Mike <clears throat> who Mike McLaughlin from Mass Holio, Massachusetts. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a couple of years back we came up with the idea of doing a, a show for hiking and, you know, touching upon search and rescue and stuff like that. And we're like a year and a half into it and yeah, it's going pretty well. It's starting to stick, I think. Yeah. I think it's a lot of fun. I like to listen. I listen every week. Um I'm a fanboy. <laughs> Stephen is starstruck right now. Yeah, it's neat. It's just nice. It's such a great community. So uh uh the stickers, we just found out that one of our stickers made it to the peak of the highest mountain in Scotland. So I saw no way. kidding. Isn't I saw that crazy. That. And 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 I I, I wonder <laughs> was was Chris being cheeky? Was he the one who put that there or did he genuinely find a sticker at the top of that mountain that he did not place. I hesitate. I hesitate to say because I don't want them to get locked up by Interpol. <laughs> so I'll have to just refrain from answering that All at right. the moment. Fair. That's fair. Either way, though. Either way, whether Chris was the one who put the sticker there or not, I think that's so cool. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very cool. cool. So yeah. Anywho, you got worldwide reach. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> when are you guys are coming up with some merch? You're going to have to roll with that soon, I think. Uh, when people start to ask for it, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I just asked. <laughs> hey, there you go. We got our first ask. <laughs> we got our first. We got our first ask. All right. It's happening then. It's yeah. got to happen. <clears throat> what is oh. this, episode nine? It is episode... Mm, yes. yes. Episode nine. nine. Right? Jeremy knows. <laughs> it's nine. It's nine. Man. Wow. Um, you know what we have not done yet, actually? And we're nine episodes in. And this seems like a killer time to do it uh, real quick before we get firing on all cylinders here. Let's talk about our history with tabletop role-playing, huh? Sure. Okay, sure. I yeah. mean, like, we just kind of showed up, and we're, we're doing this show, and nobody actually knows what, we, what we've done, what we know, our experiences, and we have our first guest here, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm dying of curiosity to know what's, uh, what Stomp's all about. But let's start with Steven. Oh, great. Thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Pressure. <laughs> Always. Well, well my, my tabletop experience really begins with, with David, with you. Um, as a, as a youth growing up, I played lots of RPGs, specifically MMORPGs. Specifically one. Specifically RuneScape, <laughs> way too much in high school, almost ruined my life, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Um, but, but more, more modern, uh, David got me hooked on some tabletop role-playing podcasts and that's really how I learned the game. 
listening to guys like um, the Glass Cannon Podcast or uh, Taz. What's the name for Taz? It's the Adventure the Zone. The Adventure Zone. You know the you know Taz, but well, not the full name. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it slipped for a second. Huh. The McElroy Brothers, yeah. the Adventure Zone, literally wrote the book on they're, they're podcasting. Hilarious. They did literally yeah, write the great. book. <laughs> um, and and then uh, probably I don't know a year or two after after I. I guess sort of learned the game listening to people play the game. Uh, David roped me into way too many D and D campaigns. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been playing way too many D and D campaigns pretty regularly for a handful of years now, maybe three. Yeah, probably three years. Probably three years. Um, that's how I met Jeremy, uh, a couple other friends that we have. And then when we started this, Really, it was just because me, David, and Jeremy lived nice and close to each other. We wanted to play D&D together. And David wanted to record our games really just so that we could refer to them back for ourselves. And when we rubbed Jeremy into it, Jeremy said, oh, well, I've been making music for like the past decade or two. So I'm going to take this to a whole nother level. And here we are. That's kind of how this beast ran away. Yeah. Yeah. You took it to the next level, Jeremy, for sure. Because this would have just been for us. If if we're gonna do it, we're gonna fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna here do we it. Are. Well, that's a uh, that's Go a big. hell of a transition over to uh, to Jeremy. What's uh, what's your history with tabletop, huh? Not that long. Yeah, actually, I mean, growing up, I played a you know casually, but it, I wasn't serious about it. I didn't really understand it like I do now. Um, I definitely hung out with the with the right crowd that would have played those games and probably did. Um, you know, I grew up doing theater and all that stuff. But I never really got into it. Only in the last like five or six years, uh, Evan and Emily actually got me originally thinking about it. You know, it was something we kind of wanted to start doing, and then we kind of dabbled in it a little bit, and then met you guys through them, and the rest is history, which is this very brief history of the last few years. <laughs> and it is now an obsession, and I blame all of you. Very grateful for our dear friends, Evan and Emily, for bringing us all together. Yes, yes, uh... That's nice. Evan was our was our original GM. Actually, he ran a GURPS campaign for us. That's and right. We it was GURPS. awesome, fun as hell. Um, that's how we all really got together. So, uh, shout out to Evan and Emily. How you guys doing? Cheers. Hey, stomp. <laughs> My childhood was sort of usurped by Atari, like the eight hundreds. <laughs> oh my god, oh, yes. so cool. So yep. I spent you know the eight hundred and you know just all that stuff. So any chance of playing. RPG type of games just got thrown to the wayside for many, many years. And um, there was an occasion when I just got curious about it and started to purchase the things that I would need, like the dice and the Dungeon Master books with all the rules. And it was just literally so overwhelming that I just couldn't figure out how to get into it. And I was not connected to other individuals at the time that would have sort of nurtured me and so anyway, long story short, maybe about a decade ago, I was doing PT for an individual in mass who was a brittle diabetic. And at the time he was blind and he was, you know, he's like wheelchair bound and this and that. And he invited me to play. And th that is when I actually got exposed to the actual authentic game for real. And like, you know, it was really nice. In a way, it was just nice to help somebody, you know, spend their time and just be distracted and he couldn't play otherwise without somebody so we would play and uh you can only imagine what was going on in his mind you know having no sight and this and that so that's huh. my biggest exposure uh aside from this night tonight so yeah that's wow. uh pretty neat that's incredible wow that's really yeah, powerful you no know, yeah. he was a, he was a great dungeon master too but again we only we only got a few sessions together before things happened medically with him and things but wow. uh, yeah Still, it just—it's just such a testament to to the power of the game. You know, it, it, it means so mm -hmm. much to so many people. It's yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and amazing. I really just appreciate the fact that it's in the realm of the imagination, <clears throat> especially these days. You know, where everything is just in front of your face on a phone. Like, just put the phone down and, and live in your imagination, your mind. It's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a good time. Yeah. Damn, that's really cool. Yeah, theater yeah. of the mind for sure. Yeah, exactly. We do, we do a lot of that here. Yeah, we we don't we don't very often have a. A physical map pulled up. David's David's fantastic at at explaining where we are in in the universe and mm -hmm. yeah, just using your imagination to roll. That's that's a really cool story. Yeah, 
That's awesome. So I, uh, I have to follow up Stomp. So I think we're just going to skip me. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was the sweetest story. <laughs> uh, in terms of me, it's, yeah, I've been curious uh, for many, many years. Um, one of my first experiences was for my own bachelor party. I ran a campaign. I didn't bother looking up any of the rules. Mm. I faked every roll using sex dice on my phone. <laughs> Nobody knew. <laughs> So when the when the worms burst out of the old lady and started uh, nibbling their feet for damage, they didn't <laughs> they didn't catch on. It was great. Uh, <laughs> Lick ear. Yeah, that was it. Was hell of a it's night. It's a miss. <laughs> They're looking at me like this thing has a lot of HP. It's regenerating, isn't it? <laughs> yup. Oh, you figured it out. Wow, you figured it out. HP, huh? That's a thing. Uh, so. <laughs> so many years later i uh, ended up picking up a i got a curse of strahd book um basically secondhand from a buddy of mine and uh another friend of mine that worked at my parents restaurant with me was uh having his, his uh 18th birthday um and i was like hey let's uh let's 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 run this let's have fun with it and we're still doing it every week um got like three campaigns going at that house i have a bunch of other campaigns i've joined evan's campaign met these well, met Jeremy. I knew Steven, but met Jeremy through that. We got this incredible group together. Um, we're, we That same group's doing a Frost Maiden campaign. We're, we're all over the place. Um, but so yeah. now it's impossible to get you on a hike because you're always DMing. It's true, but <laughs> thankfully you're in most of them, so <laughs> you don't get to hike either. I know. It, it does, definitely hinders my hiking. Uh, all right. So I guess with that, uh, what do you think? You guys want to get right to it? I'm ready to play. Hell yeah. Yep. Great, great. Well, I don't care if you guys are ready. You guys can take a seat. Oh, It's the me you and Stomp. Asked. It's the me and Stomp show wow. now. Shut up, Steven. Okay. Wow. I'm, no, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. <laughs> so we're going to start this off a little weird because uh, I like weird. We're going to start off very similar to our opening episode. We're going to start off on a screen of white. Not, uh, not a fabric canvas background this time. No, no. We're looking at uh, this gleaming crystalline screen uh perhaps a, a facet on the great ethereal diamond and we see that same static very colorful flex of every color of the rainbow just <laughs> flickering across the screen we hear that same melodic tune <laughs> and then we hear a voice say the morning jewel is recorded in front of a live studio audience and we flash to a brightly lit room with sparse white walls. We see there's two chairs, Stephen, uh, forged of crystal with uh, with just an unnecessary amount of cushioning. Very, very gaudy. Uh, probably like a, a maroon. Um, <laughs> we see sitting in one of these chairs is this, uh, this older dwarven woman with tan skin and raven hair pulled back into a tight bun. She's got eyes that are dark and shrewd with a with a delighted spark just always kind of playing in them. We see uh, she's holding a long-handled pipe just rustling lazily at her lips, giving off a, a smoke trail as bright purple as her silken robes. And we hear her say, Oh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the morning jewel. We always start our day brilliantly. I'm your, I'm your humble host, Fubo May. And uh, today we have quite an incredible guest sitting with us, uh, uh, Mr. Emmonrath, uh, and she gestures to the, say, uh, the the chair beside her. And what does this guy in this chair look like? Stomp? Oh, well, we have an individual that uh, might be a little, a little bit about five feet or so, and uh, oh. a nice white, full-grown beard. No hair in his head except for that tail in the back that's popping out there and uh he has a three-quarter length jacket for protection and he dons a a lengthy sword which is pretty cool it's it's sort of a a long sword not not so much a claymore but somewhere in between and uh for speed of movement he's carrying a light wooden shield which he knows will not offer too much protection but it lets him move speedily Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and just coming on arm, showing off all your gear, uh, looking <laughs> pristine. 
on this morning talk show. Yes, yes. And uh, Fu Bomei, she just kind of looks at you and just says, Well, Stomp, we got a lot of questions for you here today, but uh, I think I think every woman or, you know, some some male folk, of course, on every world in the, in the, in the, in the Concord wants to know the first thing on their mind. Is there, is there, is there a Mrs. Eminrath? First of all, my name is not Stomp. My name, <laughs> my name is Eminrath. Emin Roth. My apologies. Yes. My apologies. Yes. Gotcha. I was thinking of somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> the name is Emin Roth, and it's in the R. It's in the R for the Roth. Very important. Very important. Oh my God, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> my um, apologies, Mr. I will. I will. <laughs> thank you. I will forgive you this time. Oh, dear. That may have been a veiled threat, folks, but we love it here. Look at that chin line. So, Mr. Eminrath, uh, you yes. hail from the Silver Hills on, on Moor, yes? Silver Hills, yes. The beautiful Silver Hills where I grew up with me Papa Rath, Rath, and me Mama Rath. Was, that, I... was that the names? <laughs> yes. Well, yes, that, of course that was their names. That's the proper name, Rath. Yes, uh, yes. As far as I know. My siblings were goats, so I do not know about anything else beyond that, but and uh I do I do have a just I do have a nervous tick. If I get nervous I tend to make goat noises, so just be careful. Don't push me too far. Oh, we're gonna push you so far on the show today, Mr Mr. Emin Roth. Roth. I'm trying. <laughs> Takes a long suck for a pipe, blows it out. Well, Mr. Eminrath, I know I know you must uh, you must be expecting this, so I think we'll get out of the way now. Uh, you were formerly a, a protege and, and sidekick of, of an Ozen Yoshikatsu. You know, you know the Storm Eye. Yes, yes, the big O. Yes, and you are of course aware of the situation on Tythos and what happened, what what he did. Sadly, sadly. This is a troubling development, and this is why I'm here. I, I can only talk about it superficially, because it's just devastating. And you you, you were uh, nearly a luminary in the past, almost full-blown, and now you're back. We see you're back after a bit of a hiatus for many years. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Is Ozen to blame for this, too? Uh, uh, yes and no. It's a long story. I, I will tell you, there was one day up on the Silver Hills at the homestead where I was ready to slide down on my sword down to the lower village to get provisions and I was abducted by the big O and I was taken away to a training camp for much of my adolescent life. I so, see, I imagine this was on Umizu, yes. Yes, ah. uh, yes, of course, yes. So I fell into servitude for the Citadel under the the stern strict guidance of Mr. O, but eventually I just burnt out. I had to get away. And I went back to the Silver Hills with me Papa Rath and me Mama Rath. <laughs> well we all know uh Mr. Mr. Odson, he was very, uh, very tense, a uh, very strong man, but I imagine he was very strict tutor. Oh, yes, but not so much as my papa. Ah. Yes, and may I tell you that my papa had a curious, curious little thing. He would spy on the neighbors. I don't know if you know this, but... Spy on the neighbors? He would spy on the neighbors, and this is very strange. So, it, I know you've spoken about this before, but he is also known as Papa Razzi. Get out of town. You stole the you you stole my thunder on the last episode and I had to fit it in somewhere. Uh, I can't fucking believe it. I five. <laughs> So yeah, so. Uh, I love it too, because, and, and this is the thing, we actually haven't touched on this, you're a, <laughs> out of character, you're a half-elf, 
Yes. So yes. we assume if your father's the elf, he's probably very, very old. <laughs> uh, so this all actually checks out. <laughs> I thought so. Um, <sighs> so much better so, than I, I, I ever could have expected. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you and I are out of this show. That's it. Yeah, you're out. That's Sorry, it. Guys. We, we, we just got to sit back for this it's one. It's David and Stomp Stop, hour. Stomp, yep. where are we recording from now on? Because we don't need to be here. <laughs> Stomp has his own studio. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're big time now. So that's it. I went back home, and then I saw the news on the Citadel Network, and I had to come back. Well, well, it was a duty. I, it was obligated. We're very glad to have you back. <laughs> we, we need uh, we need young blood, old blood, whatever blood we can get back in the in the luminary front. We, we're facing so many so many tragedies, and Tythos is just the tip of the iceberg. It's it's yes, yes. it's hell out there. But I, I heard you uh, you're going on your your first major patrol. Then um, correct, correct. Going to Subsanko, yes. Subsanko, yes. That's uh, that's what I understand. I have to assess the damage to the community and uh, and to the reputation of the luminaries, actually. I did, you know, clearly the, their reputation has been trashed. That's very bold. Trashed. It's very bold. It's very good. Very just. And she like puts a hand out on your on your on your knee and just let's let's linger <laughs> it there. Taps me on my knee. <laughs> <laughs> well, any of you folks down at Samsonka, I want you to keep your eyes out for for Mr. Evan Rath here because he's gonna be there and he's gonna be keeping you safe. Um, but moving on, folks, our show needs to focus on other matters, and we're going to talk about it. And uh, we scroll away from that image on that screen. We start to pan down, down, down. We see uh, maybe another screen showing the, uh, I talked about last time, but like a, de- a departure and arrival list for, for the Conquer Jewels moving in and people you know getting on them. Basically, you can see it in an airport, and you see at the very top of the list, Subsunko arrived now. Uh, boarding now, I guess would make more sense. And uh, I will say just to just to help future me out, um, way down at the bottom of the list, there's actually another another shipment uh, from Subsunko. They're 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 boarding again, but this is far later this evening. Um, so you know, you guys had to, you wanted to move, you wanted to get on this on this on this ruby, and and at the at the time you knew that this was the the most recent or most uh, soon to be uh, ship out. Um, but there is one later this evening. It's only important to me. Anyway, so. No, that could be important to us. Could be important to you. Something to think about. You yeah, could see it now. We're going to take this story away from you again. Appreciate the details. <laughs> right, yeah. There we go. Um, so before we get to uh, these idiots, uh, Stomp. <laughs> yes. Take a button. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Great intro. Here's your button. Dude, like. I didn't know oh. what to expect because nice. you were like Thank texting you. us. You were like, oh man, this and that. <laughs> Dude, fan, like hats off. Fan freaking that was tastic. An absolutely yeah. perfect debut. We're so happy to have you. <laughs> cool. This That's is awesome. excellent. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to be shameless. <laughs> no, dude, no shame around this table. Yeah, no I figure I, I throw. I'll show throw my shame away immediately. I had to make everyone feel too. better. So, so speaking yeah, of shame, was funny. that like was that like Crystal Network Terry Gross with a cigar? I don't know who Terry Gross is. Oh come on! <laughs> I was just being. I don't know. <laughs> Barbara Walters, maybe. I don't know people. Jesus. <laughs> Tough crowd. Very sheltered. I have to sit in my in my little home office and you, read D and D books all day. So. Do you know how long I had that paparazzi joke? <laughs> I've had that for about two weeks. So I'm sitting at dude. I'm sitting at the basin because I had some time to kill. Oh my parked God. at the basin, and I'm listening to the new episode when you guys started take, talking about that. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? You're taking my joke. Oh, so so you came up with it independently? I came up with it. Yeah, that was so wild. So it's Papa Roth, yeah. Papa Rothfi. I was oh trying to come up with jokes God. for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. What? That makes it even better. See, I thought you two were coordinating on the Papa. No, Rothfee. not at all. <laughs> no, I was like, what? what a twist! Nah, I never saw it coming. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I thought you listened to that episode before you got here and just kind of slipped that in under no the radar. Way, no, it's like I've got a, oh. I've got a, a Samsung Note here with like all details about. Things I was going to do with that. Oh, my God. This is fate. Awesome. This is so funny. This is fate. (laughs) So. (laughs) Good stuff. 
Oh uh, my god! So that's what, this is what the game is all about. Yeah, man. It's just shit like this. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we see that we see that list of of of, of you know conquer jewel departures arrivals all that. And we keep panning down and down and down, and we hit the streets of the Radiant Citadel and that stony fossil, and we zoom in to two figures. Three figures, actually. Uh, one of them is small. It's Zebulon. Um, and <laughs> he's, he's trailing behind. Catch up, Zebulon. Smaller than the child who is <laughs> Chester. And uh, we see these three are moving down the street, right down uh, down the steps towards the Conquer Jewel. And uh, let's take it up with you guys. What's, what's going on? You breathed like you had something to say. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt right. <laughs> <laughs> it felt appropriate. Well, I can. I, can, um, I, 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 I don't. Suspense. I don't think. At least to start, I think Jules and Chester kind of, kind of walking in silence a little bit. They're a little, little scared, a little nervous. Um, so we know that Zebulon is not very intelligent. I'd like to think that he has some sort of small amount of emotional intelligence, and and he's picking up that you and, and Chester are a little, a little nervous, a little uncomfortable to leave the planet. So, you know, Jules, this is only my second time leaving the Citadel. The first time was when I went to Tythos. When did you go to Tythos? Well, we we met on the Sapphire coming back after, uh... That was your first time? Yeah, at, 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 at Storm. Oh, that's no way to see Tythos. So, you were all... From there. Yeah. I'm really sorry. I... It's nothing. It's nothing. I mean, I hope that, I hope that you all can, can find a place, a home here, here on the Radiant Citadel or, or, or one of the other worlds, but I know that nothing will ever replace Tythos for you and all those, all those little guys. I mean, if I'm being honest, Zebulon... <laughs> Tythos wasn't much of a home to us either. I mean, we loved it, you know, but we weren't exactly treated like, uh, well, like royalty there. Not at all. We didn't even have a a set home. We just kind of roamed the streets. That's called irony. (laughs) No, home is where your friends are. Yeah. We'll be all right. We'll be good. We got each other. So you guys didn't lose any any family in the... I mean, we... We lost people, yeah. Yeah, I mean, old Micken, little Sue. I mean, I could list them for hours. We knew a lot of a lot of folk in the city, but go go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he goes on. Uh, uh, well, there's uh, Bob the Rat, mm-hmm. Bill the Mouse. <laughs> oh, Bill was still on there. He was still on there. Yeah, I checked. Of course, he was the first one I looked into. Yeah. And, uh, of course, there was Mal... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm crying. I can't. I gotta, I gotta stop right here. All right, that's, that's, the list. that's the end of the list. I can't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but just know there was a lot. <laughs> nah, Zeb, we'll, we'll be good. You, you, you take the bad times and you, you let them make you stronger. So, Jules, I, I'm excited to go on this new adventure with you and Chester to Shipshenko, but... There's, there's just one, um, one quick thing that I, I, I feel like I should tell you about. Uh, I heard my brother's report about what happened on Tythos and Ozin Yoshikatsu. He said that what he was doing was for, for somebody named Shadra Khan. Shadra what? What? He said... What I do, I do for Shadra Khan. Do you know who that is? No, I was kind of hoping that you knew. Fuck no. Chester? Oh, it it do don't know? sound like a Tythos name. I, I, yeah. I don't know it. Well, I just thought that I should rope you guys in. That's well, all I know. That's all I know about what happened on Tythos. That was from Omizu, right? Maybe it's uh, someone, someone on Omizu? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not super familiar. They got, they got a king or queen like us? I don't know, to be honest. I ain't really uh, studied up in the other worlds. Probably should have been, given this. I figured the DM's character would know a little bit about... (laughs) (laughs) 
This is my high wisdom character. <laughs> yeah. I have a different high intelligence history proficient character. <laughs> He's just not in your party yet. <laughs> you can ask him questions. Why don't we uh, keep our ears open? Keep our eyes open. Maybe maybe we'll be lucky enough to meet somebody on Shimshenko who who has a little more insight. Well, anybody apart from here, you gotta know more than us. And you're, uh, I think you're hearing this, this idea that like there was some other figure behind all this, Jules. And again, maybe you just feel that that fragment of of of, of, of the cobblestone just resting against your back, that strange sort of arcane runes written on it. And you move down the stairs. Am I physically feeling something from it, or is it... I think you just feel it touching you, or it's like you're thinking of it. Like, it's like, you know, there's just, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. I think it was a... you're holding one. I think it was a movie moment where the the camera would just pan onto that, like, that pocket or that part of your... Yeah, just pans down. Hey, hey, listener, don't forget (laughs) about this part of the (laughs) storyline. Look, I'm used to running with... Or running campaigns with Steven. Um, and Steven has a goldfish memory. So I'm pretty used to just dropping hints. It's really bad. <laughs> it's yeah, so the bad. Hints, the hints are much appreciated. It's just like how I'm <laughs> trained. It's just like, all right, it's been two minutes. I'll probably drop another hint. I think I think that works really well for quote-unquote radio, though. Yeah, it works well. You've been training me all this time. That's what it is. That's what I'm here for. That's what it's, that's what it's been. Uh <laughs> So you guys are moving down these steps, and up ahead you do see there's a line forming. So this line of, of, of basically tourists is, is, is basically, I, I'd probably say it's like not, not hugely long yet. Subsunko isn't crazy popular. There's a, they're loading like wagons and luggage and stuff first, and then there's just like... Did you just say a line of basically tortoises? Tourists. Oh, tourists. Yeah, it's all tortoises all the way down. You don't know what's... It's, it's oh, a weird this world. is going to take forever. <laughs> God... <laughs> Take this button. Oh, yeah. Oh, I will. Nice. 100%. Nice. <laughs> I know, and it's like, you guys think probably after last session's incredible RP, you'd get some buttons, right? You'd think. You would think. But I forgot. Yeah. yeah. And there's just nothing we could do about that now. Asshole. Look at all these buttons in my hand. You, but you, I just can't. You, I just can't. you did it before. In your hand. You did it before? Yeah, I did. I set a bad precedent. Never again. <laughs> Steven said so. <laughs> What's a button, Steven? Fucking earn them. All I want is buttons on here. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> and do something cool. So, <laughs> so you guys are moving down. Uh, you kind of reach the end of this line. You can see way, way up ahead. Uh, you're swiftly moving, and uh, there's a, a number of guards kind of like lined up in front of the, the actual ramp leading up into the into the jewel itself. Uh, there's a, a man in like robes. They're like this uh, these brilliant white robes. Uh, that's that's actually like taking fair or checking writs things like that. You know, you with the writs you have, uh, looks like the fair has been paid. You're you're all set to go through, so you just gotta show them. But you only have two, and you have a Chester. Something you gotta think about. Yeah. So so, Jeremy, add a character, a little bit of table talk. Do you want to just, just jump into it, or do you want to talk um, about it? I'm going to make him invisible and just send him on his way. We'll meet him inside. I think he's going to be getting on easier just going and doing his thing. All right. I mean, I can't argue with that. So, however, for some reason, long rest is not working on here because I didn't do that last time. So okay. we will, I, currently, I, know I currently cannot expend my invisibility spell. You definitely have rested. We have so rested. I, so, okay, I will, so we'll, we'll call it. Uh, maybe, we okay, should, so, maybe we should go with D&D Beyond on this. Uh, maybe you just don't have it. <laughs> maybe, maybe now. Maybe now. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you reach out. So, you, what do yeah, you say? I'm just going to kind of turn around, give Chester a little tap, and be like, meet you in there, bud. What do you mean? Oh, my gosh. Have fun. Whoa. <laughs> Quiet. You know what I get up to like this? Stop. You know they can oh, still hear amazing. you. Oh. They can still hear you. We're so close. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Go do your thing. We'll meet you inside. Meet you inside. Take easy, big guy. And uh, Chester... You can't hear like a pitter patter of feet. You see someone go, oh, like like someone just brushed against her. Uh, someone grabs someone's behind. <laughs> I'd, um, I'd also it's not like, okay, Chester. <laughs> I'd also like to include that this happened before we got up to really in eyesight of whoever's. Sure. Yeah, you got a little ways in the line. Stuff. 
Um, so you send okay. him on his way, and uh, then I think maybe you do this right, right before you even hit the line. Then you kind of step up from there. That way you're not right next to a bunch right. of people. Right. And uh, you guys move up, and you are in line, and you, you look up ahead. You look at the man in front of you, about five feet tall, uh, head mostly bald except for a, a snow-white uh, t- like top knot, uh, sort, of, sort of ponytail on the back. And I want you, Zebulon, to roll me. You know what? Actually, I don't need you to roll this to me, or for me, because we established you worked with Ozen Yoshikatsu, and Zebulon in the first Zebulon session knows what's up with Ozen Yoshikatsu. Yeah, yeah, nat 20, the history check on Ozen. Even from the back, you're kind of looking. I think we were staring at this head for a moment, kind of like quizzically, and then you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is Emonrath. It's Emonrath in front of you, in line, right now. So I'm trying to decide. I think Zebulon's a little, a little starstruck. He's trying to decide if he should talk to Emin Rath first or if he should talk to Jules first. Okay. And I think, okay, he's going to look over the back of his shoulder. Jules, look in front of us. That's Emin Rath. Do you know who that is? No. He? <sighs> Emin Rath. You got to take a pee? No, Listen. Listen, Jules, Emin Rath, he learned under Yoki Kasu. What? (laughs) 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 Come on, man. Do you want a stealth roll or something? (laughs) Oh, no. He knows exactly what's happening. He's right in front of you. (laughs) I I think he's heard... Everything. He had Every passive, single whisper. Passive perception is a thing. <laughs> Let me look at his. It's high enough. Oh, my God. Evan Rath, you hear these guys uh, dorking out over you behind you. What do you do? I ignore them. <laughs> Just I'm, like I'm, the real stomp would. I'm looking for a peaceful <laughs> commute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Am I cool? Do I look cool? And, and Zebulon's like touching his his um, his horns and his wings. Do I look cool? Yeah, sure. Okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on a sec. And he taps him in wrath on the shoulder. <clears throat> what, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? What? Hello. Are you? Are you in wrath? I I mean I'm just I'm a fan. It's okay, son. Emin Rath. Rath. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, yes, I get it right. I, I usually say it right. It's, just, it's hard to whisper the, the rolling R. <laughs> yes, yes. What can I do uh, for you today? Uh, my my name's Zebulon. Um, I'm Zebulon Brass. This is um, my friend. This is Jules uh, LaRoche. Yes, yes. Hello. You two are familiar. Uh, well... Well, my my grandmother is Sholay the Brass Dragon, and, and his Excuse parents. me, hold on. Uh, what? what? Oh, oh, I, I'm Bra- listening. A brass Wagon? <laughs> close. Really close. Uh, dragon. Ah, I see. So you know Sholay. Part of me, part of me. Yes, yes. She's, yeah. Um, wow. So we're... And Zebulon's kind of like looking around, like back and forth, like motioning to the area. We're on the same, the same passage to Shipchenko. Shipchenko, yes. With the, uh, with the famed, Emin Rath. Uh, wow! I have so many questions. <laughs> I have so many questions. So um, come, zap, shoot. What? Well, yeah. Okay. That's, that's that's I think I think that's a good. Well, thank you for uh, whatever this was. Uh, I, I don't want to bother you, but it was, it was really pleasure. Big fan, again. Big fan. Your name is Zeb? And Jules? That's us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's Jules. I, I'm Zeb. I have a feeling we may meet again. Have a good day. It's so good because he says that coolly and turns around and is still staying there because you're in a line. <laughs> All but right, then, well, but then Zebulon is so stoked. I think he turns turns back around and is to Jules is like, oh my god, that was so cool. And Jules is just, all right, face and palm. I have like, I have Ozen, 
ocean cards and, and <laughs> but I, I didn't I didn't think to bring anything. Like I didn't think I'd see one of Ocean's proteges. Like what are the odds? Probably pretty good at this point in time. <laughs> should do you think I should ask him about I mean what Ocean did? Well, I don't wanna Let's let's take it one step at a time. I don't wanna maybe maybe we'll just maybe we'll just get on. Is that rude? He hears everything you're saying. <laughs> He's just standing there, staring forward and listening to everything you're I saying. I feel like Jules just needs to take a step back. He's just going to let whatever's going to happen, happen. Okay, well. He's, he's got no control over it. Zebulon's really trying to keep his cool. I think he's just going to... I think he's going to try to stand and be civil in the line. Well, Zebulon, uh, for, for being that uncool for that long and playing it amazingly, <laughs> take a button. I mean... As per usual, it kind of feels like a win when you give me a button, but I'll take it. That's good. That's good. I had fun. We all had fun. You always uh, seem to give me a button with like a slight diss. Yeah. Can I just get too big for your britches there, Steven? Thanks. Just because you have nice, big, gigantic calves doesn't, me mean check. You can, doesn't mean you could feel good about yourself. <laughs> we'll fix that. Let's get on this goddamn ship. <laughs> See, I'm okay with you taking all the shit. We're not just doing the line for the entire uh, right that. entire session. Do you want to roll for Q? <laughs> well, I was just going to ask about that, actually. Like, can I have a, an action or do something? Whatever you want to do. Yeah, you let Any, me know. Well, I just want to get out of turn. I mean, is there an order to turns or no? Not yet. Not if yet. We're, okay. If we're in, like, direct combat, then. Okay. Because yeah. I was thinking it would be cool to just use my range of power to disappear and jump up in front of the line. <laughs> get, the line. get away from oh. these two fans. Oh my god, yes. I want to get away from the two roll fans. A, roll me a stealth check. I have your stealth right here. It's a plus three. So d20 plus three. Four. So that'd be... <laughs> That's uh -oh. pretty low. <laughs> low is low is bad, high is good. So, so, so I can jump ahead maybe a couple people. So you, you guys are me. watching and like... And then Rath very coolly starts to slide ahead in line. And so it's just like, oh, oh, excuse me, sir. He's just bumping through. And he just ignores and bumps through a few people. shows them out of the way. And then he's just like ahead in line, standing still. And you just watch this absolute flailing attempt to, to sneak away. That's was, too funny. That's classic. Was I too much? I think. I don't think I'm in Rath much to be. Yeah, it was a little awkward. All right, well, just a little bit. <laughs> if I ever get another chance, if I ever get another chance, play I'm going to be cool. You, you, <laughs> you play it cool as a cucumber. Jules, man. you take the lead. Jules. No. You, next time. <laughs> next time. If you want to mess it up, you take the lead. Thanks, man. <laughs> I just don't even think it says it. I think, I think it just shrugs it off. And with that, you look ahead and you see uh, Emonrath has reached the front of the line. You're that much close. You're that close now, and uh, Emonrath is um, um, ushered inside. You know, I don't think you, you basically you have a full passport. You are a luminary, and I think you just flash your passport and they right, right, right away, sir. Right just, now, if I'm coming from the Citadel, yeah. do I have some documentation about everybody that, that was on scene on the other planet? Um, like, would I know about these two individuals? You have, wouldn't know about these two, Like a CIA no. type of guy. Okay, all right. Yeah, you would, um, if, if you're going into, a, for a particular mission, they would yeah. give you a whole dossier about what you're, what you're going into, what gotcha. you need to know. Uh, your mission is very vague as it is. It's basically okay. just to kind of help, you know, reignite, uh, uh, you know, people's sort of hope and luminaries, people's, people's spirits. You're, you're there to basically be a presence. Gotcha. Uh, especially because you're this, you're this, like, anchor to, to Ozen's past, to when he was considered this incredible hero. And I mm -hmm. think... People want to see you out there. People want to see you, especially out there, just kind of, kind of, showcasing that that everything Ozen has touched hasn't gone corrupt. You know, so yeah, basically you're just told, you know, head down to Sapsanko, patrol the roads, hit up the night market, come back, you know, when you can, and uh, that's your mission right now. Copy. Just, uh, just be present. So you you reach the front, you flash your passport, and you vanish into. The Grand Ruby Stadium inside the Conquer Jewel. Find yourself a place to sit mm -hmm. and await departure. And just a few minutes later, the two of you reach the 
uh, the white-robed mage who is sort of handling these things and just looks up. <clears throat> yeah, yes, sir. Uh, 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 can I help you? Uh, you guys are... You're fair. Can I see your passports? Uh, passports? Uh, oh, here, I've we, got them. Sorry, sorry. Here, I, I got them. And Zeb pulls them out of his pockets and hands one to, to Jules and, and hands the other to his, We got these too. papers here. All right. And, uh, he's eyeing you. I think you still look super scruffy, Jules, and this guy's kind of eyeing you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he looks down at the paperwork. What's the weather like on Shepchenko these days? It's <laughs> rainy, tropical, oh, the usual. I'm not making eye contact. Uh, wow, yes, it's all uh, all looks good. I right, got the stamp of approval right here. Well, you must know people, Mr. Ah, oh, Jules LaRoche. Interesting. Is that unusual for everyone's rich to be in order? Well, it's not unusual. It's just, well, never mind. And he just hands you the, the red, still kind of staring at you. As I grab it, I say, yeah, never mind. And uh, he looks at you, and uh, and you're one of Sholay's, yes? You're, you're one of the brass? A little, little Zebulon? Well, Zebulon, anyway. Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry, sir. Uh, and you have a... a, a and he reaches his hand out. Yes, here you go. Takes it, flips through it. Let's uh, see. Hmm. Yes, but how did you get that signature? I'm sorry, did you... Does your grandmother know that you're uh, planning a trip? Zebulon? I mean, I, I assume Sholay knows everything that happens on the Citadel. Uh, do I need Sholay's express permission? No, no, you... Clearly don't. And he's staring at the paper like he's really impressed. You must have gotten some clearance from someone pretty high up. And I think it hits you in this moment like that Rune Rusang fella's got some serious connections. Because this guy seems surprised that the two of you are getting off world. But you are getting off world. And he gives you your writ and he points the way. He's like, yeah, please enter. We'll be departing shortly. Enjoy your time in Subsunko, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And you? Keep moving on. <laughs> it's just like you're so delighted. About it. We're Jeremy gonna have himself. we're gonna have such a hard time getting off world next time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say what's gonna happen next time. Uh, um, so uh, I think as we walk in, I'm gonna kind of be just taking a peek around at the entrance there, at least, seeing if I can see Chester up ahead inside. Uh, roll me a perception check. Oh, yeah. What's Chester going to do? I don't know. It's, it, this is a scary thought, but it's up to David. <laughs> 18. 18. And that's, that's total? Total. Uh, yeah, yeah. So with an 18, you're, I think you walk in, you're looking around, and you're kind of like scanning around for Chester. And you know it's going to be hard to see him. Um, and then you see something kind of interesting. You lo- you look up towards the uh, the very center. You know, there's like there's like a sort of dip uh, ramp that leads down into like the sort of open area in the middle. That's where all the luggage and wagons and shit will go. Uh, where the where the medical tents were staged back when you were leaving Tythos. Mm-hmm. So you look down at this and you see there's like this big big sort of open wagon with a bunch of uh, like sacks of grains and such uh, heading in towards uh, Subsunko. And as you're looking at it, you see that, like, there's an impression in one of the sacks that, like, seems to move slightly. Like, someone's lying around and kind of rolling around on it. Like, you do a stretch, and you're like, okay. <laughs> it's the first one, like, that you immediately see. So it's like you figure Chester got comfortable in the first spot he could. I breathe a hefty sigh of, of relief. Hell yeah. Chester made it, Zeb. We're good. All right, so we're all on the ruby. All right. And there's uh, no reason to dawdle here. You get comfortable, and you... You wait it out for just a bit longer, and then somewhere you don't see the words are spoken. The ruby moves away very smoothly from the dock, 500 feet out. The light becomes brilliant, blinding, and you shift from the ethereal plane to the material plane on the world of Subsunko. And again, you're about 500 feet in the air. It's moves down, everything's closed up, you don't really see what's going on outside, eventually you kind of settle, the door opens, and everyone starts to funnel out. I wonder what Eminrath is up to here on Shevchenko. <laughs> Do you think he's doing something really cool, Jules? <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. 
What do you think I'm in wrath is up to? <laughs> you, don't, you, I, you, I, you don't need to fill the space. <laughs> oh, I wasn't I, even doing that. Not on purpose anyway. Okay, cool. I just need to open, a, open up this document. I found a uh, really comfortable place to sit, and it's in a wagon. And as I was sort of moving around, trying to find a comfy spot to sit on, I rustled somebody and oh. I couldn't see. Oh. Watch it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no one here. Bah, I'm a sheep. What is this? Who, who are you? You just got your out. <laughs> something slides out of the wagon and then something runs away. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I do not know. And he just ran off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so. I always knew Chester was a coward. <laughs> um, everyone's funneling out, and you guys, I assume, join the join the herd, so to speak, and you mm-hmm. move right. out. Little LeBron, Chester, where are you? You here, Chester? And uh, you just kind of suddenly feel like a tap, tap. Hey, I hear Jules. I'm with you. Quick, punch me in the leg. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he, he punches you in the leg. There you go. You're not invisible anymore. Oh. 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 Hey, look at that. <laughs> That's a weird condition. <laughs> you I, I, I don't make, I don't make the rules. So I, can, I, I don't can make tap, the rules. So I can tap you and it's fine, but if I punch you, I turn invisible again. I don't know how magic works. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. I should have rolled an unarmed attack. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't need to roll because I'm Chester. Uh, so you guys are, um, you guys move down the ramp. And the first thing that really hits you is the the heat and the humidity. Something neither of you have ever really felt in this way. Not on Tythos, which is generally pretty uh, pretty temperate. Um, and not on uh, the Radiant Citadel, which realistically is just room temperature all the time. It's right? the only room that's actually room temperature. Yeah, right? It's it's just like never changing. Um you feel the air is, the is just the air is just <laughs> thick with uh with earthy and floral scents, uh probably. I don't have a sense of smell. I don't know. That's sounds about right. Does that sound right? This episode brought to you by Asnosmia. <laughs> did, I say that, did I say that right? Uh, I think so. I think it's Anosmia. Huh. Yeah. Could be wrong. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the podcast comments, your thing. Uh <laughs> You hear the buzzing of cicadas, a tuneless song that surrounds you in all directions, frequently accompanied by the squawks and calls of various tropical birds. And as you step out from the, uh, from the jewel, you're just met by the sight of a large clearing in the midst of a rainforest, very thick trees all around. There's a large circle of packed earth below your feet as you reach the bottom of the ramp that slopes up to the, to the ruby's doorway. At the fringes of this of this large dirt plaza is just a circle of tents. There's small shops offering wares, treats, information, and places to rest for travelers between worlds. I'll say right now the sun is growing. Well, yeah, the sun's probably like right in the middle mid, middle of the sky, right? It's uh, it's just around noon here as well. I'm going to say that all the Conqueror locations share a time zone. So wherever you leave the Radiant Citadel, that's going to be the time of day you're going to be wherever you go. They all just happen to. Well, not, I mean, not happen to. It's magic. It it's very convenient. Way. It's very convenient. They all share a time zone. Uh, I like that, and I'm a fan of that. But yeah, so so you as you're moving down here, as you're going down to this plaza, seeing these tents all around, you're immediately faced with this wide road cutting south through the thick rainforest. You see there's a pretty large signpost hanging over the road, uh, marking that this is the way to the Dinsing Night Market, uh, which stands about two and a half miles in that direction. Uh, you see tourists ahead of you are are charging ahead, hopping into horse-drawn carts piloted by uh, chatty kobolds and gnomes, or uh, you see like rickshaws. You know rickshaws? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You see yep. rickshaws. Um, two wheels. Two wheels, right? Two wheels on a puller? Yes, yeah, being pulled, mm-hmm. by, by, being pulled by like these uh, humanoids. You see uh, there's a Swiss exchange of, of money between folks, you see like orcs and well-built dragon boards and humans uh, in loose, colorful attire, just like pulling these rickshaws down the road. And as you step down, you see like pretty much every vehicle is just gone instantly. Zebulon's doing his best to keep an eye on those vehicles. He's pretty curious to know where Emin Rath is going, and he wants oh, to get a beat on that dude. Uh, Emin Rath, you were kind of taking it easy inside, and uh, I think I think like. When they start to move the wagon, you kind of are broken out of a maybe a slight nap, and you're oh oh shoot, so you're a bit late getting out there, and so you like these goons, missed a ride. 
You're gonna have to walk. Yep. Unfortunately. Yep. Uh, you step out and you see that most of the people on the jewel have already either taken a, a wagon or, or, or you know a, a, a rickshaw and they're powering down the road or there's folks are running over to different stalls there's like information booths and stuff they're you're you know dorking out over mm-hmm. um and you're kind of left standing next to uh these two guys not really sure where to go next yep i'm here to assess the community and see what's going on see the uh the damage that was made and check out the roads and yeah sort of Test the mood of the populace. If there's a place to do that, it's going to be the Dinsing Night Market. That's uh, that's the Two main months. sort of hubbub of, 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 of culture yep. and civilization here in Subsunco. Um, so I decide to walk. I mean, that's going to give me the most information okay. in the community. And uh, I'll be amongst the people and see what's going on. All right. And you make it your way towards the trail to walk mm-hmm. and maybe groan just a little bit, either externally or internally, when you realize that, well, you're just happening to be paced at the same speed and, and leaving at the same time as Zebulon. Zebulon's trying so hard to be polite. Like, he sees Emin Rath coming out of the Conqueror Jewel, <laughs> and he could see that all the wagons and all the rickshaws are gone. <laughs> And then when he sees <laughs> Em and Rath go down the same path God. that Zebulon has the map for, it's like that weird thing where you're walking behind somebody and you're trying not to exactly match their pace. And it's so it's so awkward. I think every once in a while I just kind of lean over to Zebulon and be like, Play it cool. Do you think he's going to the night market too? I mean, this looks like the only... That's the only place this trail goes to. Well, Julie. What? Be cool, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. I don't know about you. Hey, hey MN. Oh, you fucking fanboy. Emin <laughs> Rash. Uh, yes? Are you going to the... We're going to the Dim King Night Market. You are. Are you going... Where are you going? This is fantastic. Because I do not know my way to the location. Look, 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 look. And Zebulon runs over and shows Emin Rath the map that he has of the Dinsing Night Market. Ah. I was like, with that, you also have a map of General Subsunko, which I have on your tablet here. That's kind of what I figured. And uh, let me, so you guys are, are um, right a little ways up the road from, is there two and a half miles? But you see that there's only one road that leads to it. And maybe you keep that to yourself because like the path there is very clear and obvious. Eminrath cannot get lost on this path. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there so you know. Especially because, I mean, Zebulon, like we have established as a fan, and knows that Eminrath is a ranger <laughs> and can probably figure out his way through the one path. <laughs> Eminrath could probably get lost in the woods and still make it to the Insane Night Market. Right. But he's still going to share every bit of info he's got. I mean, it's Eminrath. It's Eminrath. So sorry, it's Eminrath. <laughs> <laughs> so this is good timing. You get um, I mean, I don't know. Do you mind if we go with you to them? I mean, we're going to the same place. I agree. You're more than welcome to join me on the road. <laughs> Such a relief. Uh, thank you. Really, this is this is really this is really cool for me. There you but go. I, I'm gonna be cool. I'm gonna be cool. There you go. Cool. Jules, be cool. <laughs> so you, you guys don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> So the three of you, uh, four of you, Chester's invisible, or he's visible now. Uh, yeah. You all walk together. Um, Chester's kind of just groaning and rolling his eyes at Zebulon's antics, looking at you, Jules. Just like, ah, these guys, come on. Yeah, I kind of give him a look of, you know, just let, let, let him do it. Let him do his thing. Uh, like the child is, the 15-year-old is rolling your eyes, his eyes at you and your childishness. <laughs> Poor Zebulon. <laughs> And you guys are moving down the road. And this is where I need to take a quick second uh, to bring up some 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 stuff about worlds. Now, Journey to the Radiant Citadel is an amazing book. Amazing adventures, amazing settings. I have a gripe with it. Asterisk. I have a gripe with it. And I have to gripe this real quick, okay? So I understand why this is the case. They need these adventures to fit into any setting. They need you to be like, hey, it's Forgotten Realms. If you travel, you know, six miles away from whatever land uh you know the, the, the this sunless sea 
Uh, there's the Valley of Sosunko hanging out there, right? It makes a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense as a world. So I had to get a little creative with this because imagining a scenario where like you have this entire world, this whole civilization connected to the Radiant Citadel and there's nothing outside of it. Now in the map in the book, the world of Sunsunko that you're exploring is four miles by four miles. And I hate that. It's a really small world. It's very, very small. <laughs> it's really not, you're not even exploring. You're just taking a mild walk. Um, <laughs> so I've changed it. I've, I've added a zero and I'm going to do this basically every map. It's 40 by 40 miles in this valley. And there's a lot of world outside this valley, but this is the main hub of civilization. In fact, rather than being the valley world of Spasunko, uh, I will tell you that this wor or this uh, valley you're in is known as the Valley of Zantini in the world of, of Subsunko. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of these locations, like the the world will be named after a city in the world, um, making some changes because clearly, you know, it's set, it, it, it's, it's designed for playing in, in Forgotten Realms and not as well designed for playing as the Radiant Citadel and, and portals to different worlds and such and such. So... Just want to put that out there. Uh, these worlds are small in general, though. Uh, they're almost more like pocket dimensions. They are not globes. They have an end. There's a lot to unpack with that, and I'm not going to bring it up now because we got things to do. Uh, but there's a lot going on with these worlds, and we'll touch on them later. If you have questions, there's information booths at every world. You can go talk to people there. And I have to give you answers. I know. We kind of walked right by the information booth. I feel you did. Like. You did. So I figured I should at least tell you the, the little bit about the valley. And uh, you'll know nothing else because you're fools. And boom, here you are. Uh, let me take a quick pee, if you don't mind. It's actually perfect because I'm about to end this episode. So. You're going to call me out? I'm going to call you out. I thought there was going to be no banter. Well, we're not. We're, we're still in the a... episode. Are we recording? Yeah. You talking about mid yeah, ep? Are you talking about mid ep banter? It's not banter. It's okay. So we had to take a quick break, like four minutes before we end this episode, because Stephen had to pee. So I just want to use this moment to address Stephen's uh, incredibly small and incredibly uh, active bladder. I think three out of four of us peed yeah. during that break. Yep. So okay. that's correct. All right. <laughs> so uh, we hike. We we we're, we're in the White Mountains in New Hampshire. We go on a lot of hikes. I cannot tell you how many times me and Steven have driven to a hiking parking lot. We'll be two minutes down the road from the actual site. He'll pull over, get out of the car and pee because he can't take it. Get back in the car. That's we'll drive those two minutes, pull into the parking lot. He'll get out of the car and rush over to pee again. You know what? No. I think Stomp knows exactly what I'm talking about. Stomp does know what <laughs> no, you're talking no, no, no. about. Get this. It's prehydrating, man. <laughs> yeah. That's if you don't, if you don't drink point. half a gallon of water before a hike, you're not trying. I, I don't drink half a gallon of water before a hike, actually. Okay, how about two liters? What's a gallon? Whoa. A gallon's a four lot. liters, right? I drink about two <laughs> rock stars before a hike. You're the brewer, man. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Zing. Zing. Don't make us do math. I don't, yeah. know, the, I don't know the liter to gallons conversion, but I'm pretty sure it's four. Hold on, let me pull up my cellular device. <laughs> All right. Ooh, perfect. Better late than never. Ted, late. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. All right. You numbskulls are walking down a road. Uh, <laughs> you're moving down this big, wide road. Um, all around you, just this dense, dense tropical rainforest. 3.78 liters to a gallon. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Thank so, you so much. That was pretty fucking close. <laughs> Round her up. <laughs> it's a four. Sorry, you were trying to describe Subsenko? Yeah, yeah, I was. <laughs> I was. Tropical. Oh, wait. <laughs> we're not done with episode... No, we're still no, in the episode. No, we're still in nine. We're doing it right now. We're Sorry. ending it right okay. here, right well, now. Okay. Well, no, are, there, are there porta bodies along the way? Zebulon has to run off into the into the, into the forest and God, piss I on. could only hope. A, is it, a is fire ant crawls onto him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Subsenko's foliage season <laughs> or what? <laughs> there are actually some pretty cool floral stuff happening on Subsenko. Uh but only at night, so you're not seeing it. Well Subsenko is an Asian based world, isn't it? What I've always what I've always heard is our region here in New Hampshire and there's I guess a region somewhere in China that supposedly the two of them have 
the best foliage. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. But the region in China doesn't have the reds and the oranges like we do here in New Hampshire. Huh. They just have the yellows and the golds. That might just come wow. up in the world of zing. Zing. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's what I've always heard. That. I don't know if there's any truth to it. Um, yeah. Because I haven't done my own digging, but... Hmm. It makes sense, though. Secondhand knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> The more, you do, the, the more you don't know. That was a bird. They're birds. I'm going to let you. And you're walking around hearing birds do that sound. And uh, <laughs> so are you guys walking in silence? Are you talking about fucking the leader conversion with each other? What's what's happening here? I think Jules is, Jules is walking quietly. He's looking around kind of nervously because he doesn't know what the hell this place is. He's, like, He's never the- been anywhere. Jules, what the hell was that bird? I'm pretty sure I, it's wait. four four liters to a gallon, right? <laughs> four liters? I'm pretty sure it's four. Ch- Chesta, how, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know that was a bird? I, I, I just, it sounded like a, 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 a bird to me. Was it not a bird? <laughs> I think we need to assess this. Dude, I just, I just had like, Three almost spit takes at you guys saying Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Tried you, Stomp, for trying to move on <laughs> beyond Boyd. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get back on this road. Yes, <laughs> we are. All over the place. We are on this road. You're traveling down it. Any 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 chat that's going on, or are you guys kind of just moving along smoothly? We already did the leaders to gallons. We did leaders to gallons. Mm-hmm. Debulon is Debulon is just going on and on and on to to Emin Rath about about I guess anything and somehow that turned into leaders to gallons. <laughs> Did you know that a milligram? No, excuse me, a milliliter and a gram is the same thing. One gram weighs the same as a milliliter. Really? Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. Anyway, this conversation is cut off abruptly <laughs> as you, somewhere around the corner ahead, you see the, the, the road store takes a, 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 a quick turn. Um, so all you see is a bunch of trees ahead of you, but you hear a voice uh, echoing down this path. And it says something like, Thieves! Criminals! You've ruined me! And we'll call it there. Holy shit. <laughs>